Good morning, everyone. This is Jennifer Tovani, Samantha Tredelius, and Stacy Gleese coming to you from InspireHerd. We have guest Nicole Mott visiting from her Dermapure uh, Aesthetics Company, talking to us a little bit about uh, growing up uh, and becoming a nurse practitioner and now opening a uh, aesthetics business during a pandemic. Good morning, Nicole, how are you? Good morning, I'm great, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Fascinating. Great. <laughs> We're a little like pause, pause. A little, little sleepy this morning. Um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about the beginning? How did you become a nurse practitioner and, and what guided you to that point? So I, um, my first degree, my first bachelor's degree was in marketing and management. And I moved from Oregon, I went to the University of Oregon and moved to San Francisco to, uh, with some friends. And it was at a time, I don't know, it was in the eight, late eighties and it was, I don't know, I wasn't confident. I didn't know where to get a job. I went to a headhunter kind of person and I ended up at UCSF in clinic administration. And my dad's a doctor. And he wanted me to be a doctor. I actually first started my um, education in pre-nursing. But then I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do business. I'm going to do the opposite of what my father did. And so I, I graduated, moved down here, worked at UCSF, and met some incredible people in outpatient clinics there. It was during the AIDS uh, time of the AIDS epidemic. And, and just like was really inspired by these nurse practitioners that I met. And I thought, wow, I can do that. And not, I don't have to go to medical school and do that whole thing. Cause it, to me, it just seemed so daunting. Um, and I was young. And so I started slowly going, taking some extra classes, ended up going to USF to get my bachelor's in nursing and I did an accelerated program. So it was a quick program, like 18 months of full, full time worked for 10 years or so in the hospital, in the ICU and post-anesthesia recovery room and stuff like that. And then I had my kids and I just couldn't, I tried to go back to the hospital and it was just, I just didn't want to leave my, my son with, a, with somebody I was paying practically more than I was, you know, <laughs> than I was making. So I stayed home for 10 years and then I was doing a ton of volunteering at the kids' schools and I thought, why am I doing all of this work? Like so few people volunteer and I'm not being paid for, paid for anything. So I'm like, maybe I always kept up my nursing license. So I went, I met, I had a friend whose brother-in-law owned the laser center of Marin in, in uh, Marin. And so I went there and I, I, uh, I interviewed and it was at a time where you could get into aesthetics without experience really, because it was a really new time. So that was 16 years ago. And so I started working there and I have, the companies provided a lot more um, training and different things at that time. So I was very fortunate to get into it at that time. Worked there for 10 years. While I was there, I, you know, I always had this goal of, of becoming a nurse practitioner, of having to complete this goal. I'm very like, I want to do it. I've always wanted to do it. I'm going to do it. So I started applying to different schools. And um, it took two different rounds of applications, but I ended up getting into two programs, both the state programs, Sonoma State and San Francisco State, very difficult to get into because they're not as expensive as going through the private, you know, big univer you know, private universities. Yeah. So I was very fortunate to get into those programs. And so I ended up 
at 48 years old, um, going back to school to get my master's. So I, it took two years and, and I did my certification to become a nurse practitioner as well. And I was working the whole time. And during that time, I ended up joining Power MD because they have a hormone practice there. So I was able to train and use my nurse practitioner license to see patients and prescribe you know, medications and monitor people as well as doing aesthetics. So it was a perfect mix. And um, I was there for almost six years. And during the pandemic, I, so I changed my, my path. Dude, that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> that is an amazing story. And I'm loving the theme of just women and being there for women and learning all the different facets of women um, and their, the, the, the timeline, right, of, of what happens to women as we, we age, so to speak. Um, so now you've got your practice. Um, and tell us a little bit about that. Like, what are you doing? What's it like? What's going on? And how did you decide to open up a business during a pandemic? That's this is amazing to us. We're, we're fascinated with you. <laughs> well, I think like a lot of people, I don't think we thought it would last this long. You know, so it's like, so frankly, I, during the spring when we were closed, I started thinking about, like, you didn't really have, who has that kind of time to, you know, to really like kind of assess their life and kind of what things are going to look like going forward. And, and just like, if it's, it's now or never, you know? And, and so I, you know, I've always been my, I've always been somebody who thought I want to have my own business. My husband has his own business. Um, you know, he's an entrepreneur and, and I just like, I want to do it too. And I know that I'm capable. So during that time, I started doing a lot of research on how a nurse practitioner owns a business like this, because there's a lot of legalities around it, because you can't in the state of California practice without a physician, supervising physician. Um, every state around California, nurse practitioners can practice independent of a physician. But actually, interestingly enough, in the summer, Gavin Newsom signed into law, finally, after decades of battle by the Nurse Practitioner Association, um, independent practice for nurse practitioners starting in January 2023. So at that time, you won't have to have a doctor. But anyway, in the meantime, I contacted a lawyer and she'd been, she's a nurse practitioner and attorney and she, you know, has a lot of other nurse practitioners with open practices. So I had this time to think about it. And, and at the same time where I was working before, there were challenges, so I won't go into that, but, um, but it was, I just felt like it was time. I mean, I have so much experience and I have a big patient following people that really, you know, I've connected with over the years and I just thought, let's just do it. You know, it's, and so I paid this attorney to help me set up this corporation and I stayed working at PowerMD after we reopened. I was there for another couple of months and, you know, kind of got my stuff together by September and launched this company. And I have a doctor that who is my supervising physician. It was a challenge getting that all ironed out, but everything's completely legal. And I'm able to do this sort of through my own corporation with a physician and her corporation. So Nicole, so, what kind of, Oh, I'm sorry. What kind of, uh, um, services do you offer women and you know what do you do most often so 
I love the artistic side of aesthetics. So, I mean, I love to, I love to arrange flowers and I'm a painter and I do a lot of things that are very aesthetically uh, oriented. And for me doing fillers and Botox is something, you know, that neuro relaxers is something I really enjoy. So that my primary focus at um, my studio are injectables and, and it, that's a really good way of getting into this business anyways, because lasers and all that is an incredibly huge investment, like, a, you know, a financial investment. And my, the doctor I work with has lasers. So I get to do lasers at her practice and fillers and um, neuro relaxers at mine. So, you know, I just, I, I love to work with women. I have a lot of people that come in that have never done anything before. And I love to educate people on, you know, how these products work, how to, um, in Marin, uh, there's, you know, a real emphasis on wanting to look natural and not looking done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously there are different areas of the country where that's not the goal. Like they want to look <laughs> somehow done. Right. <laughs> and so people come in and they'll often say, Oh my God, I don't want to have big duck lips or oh, I don't want to have this or that. And I tell them, you know, it's, you only see the bad stuff, right? It's, you don't notice when somebody has something done subtly or, or well, because they look good. So you don't think about it. You just wonder what are they eating or doing to look so they great. They must yeah. have got a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, it's, it, I love that part of it because I, like I'll have, I, when I was working at the last place I was working, the front desk has to deal with people when they first check in and when they leave and, you know, they would come to me and go, oh my God, that woman is like, what a nightmare. How do you deal with her? And, and I just feel like I have somebody in the room and I find a way of connecting with that person. And in the end, we're laughing, you know, even if it's somebody who seems to be a difficult personality, um, maybe they're nervous or whatever. And obviously the front desk often gets the brunt of that, but, but, um, I just, I like to connect and then, you know, gaining trust and, and then I never want to push people to do things that they're not comfortable with. I try to educate and explain, you know, how these products and things work synergistically to create this result that will look the most natural and improving whatever it is that they have an issue with on their face that it makes them feel insecure or whatever it is. Your, uh, your path to where you are today is fantastic because there's nothing more I love than a meandering road to get you to where you are. And, I, you know, to go from ICU to business owner, like that's yeah. pretty amazing. And I, I have to say you're an overachiever using your COVID free time at home <laughs> not to cook sourdough bread or learn to knit. But, hey, I think I'll just start a company. Let me call a lawyer. So, um, effective use of your time. Fantastic. Um, I, yeah, I'm feel I'm feeling like an underachiever now, but, um, you know, we, we've actually, it's, it's interesting. And, and you talk about in Marin, you know, the desire to look natural and such, and we've actually gotten a handful of questions and feedback from listeners of the podcast who've specifically asked uh, questions around how can women age gracefully? And I, I think there's, um, there's a natural component of it, but I also think there is a, a helpful component that can come from, uh, your practice and, and what are you seeing or, or, or what do you, um, 
what are you seeing women want relative around trying to age gracefully without, um, you know, w- without overdoing it or, or what, what's, what's in demand that would help us get there for those of us that are maybe still trying to figure it out? <laughs> um, you know, what I find when people that first come to me who haven't done anything, for example, it's what they, when they're seeing themselves in a photograph and they look like they're angry, like they're scowled, you know? <laughs> they might and, actually be angry, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, we have and, been locked in our homes for a year. We all are a little angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know one of the questions on my, my uh, good faith exam, like the intake medical exam, is whether or not somebody has anxiety or depression. Um, and it's kind of like, well, everyone has anxiety, I think, right now. <laughs> um, because we want to make sure that people don't have an unrealistic expectation of the results they're going to gain. Because if somebody has a lot of, you know, issues with maybe dysmorphia of some kind, you want to sort of figure that out early on. But anyway, that I feel like, you know, as far as aging gracefully, I what's really interesting is in the field of aesthetics, how it's, how it's changed and evolved since I first started 16 years ago, where it was like, okay, we fill the, it's called nasolabial folds, like the fold between the corner of your nose and the corner of your mouth. Like that's FDA cleared for every filler is that area. But over the years, we've realized that that's not a natural place to fill somebody's face. Like, because the loss of volume comes from loss of fat, in the cheeks. So when you fill cheeks and temples, for example, it lifts the face, it changes the angle of, of how you see somebody's face from being a, an inverted triangle, which is like the shape of youth is an inverted triangle. And an aging face is more of a regular triangle. And everything kind of falls down oh. and gets thinner at the top, you know? I'm literally trying to determine the shape of my face right now. I think that mine's more of a square. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, so, I mean, so it's, it's an education to people that it's not about, it's about replacing lost volume in the face. Yeah. The lost volume of aging in places of your face you might not even think about, which is like the temples, for example. Mm -hmm. And you know, yeah, the corners of the nose, but it's not like the whole line. It's only at the top or, you know, the corners of the mouth, like the marionette areas, like there's certain areas of the face. So it's not about changing how you look to make you look like somebody who has big lips when you were somebody who's always had fine features that it's just re it's replacing lost some lost volume in those areas that happen naturally with aging. And it's more of a sort of a global way of looking at the face rather than like let's just focus on your lips or just focus on those creases you know so and it's an expensive endeavor for a lot of people so it's also working with people's budgets and explaining kind of you know what's the plan we can make a plan going forward so I like to be um, sensitive to the fact that you know people want to look their best but they can't afford what somebody else can afford you know, you I'm honestly have- feeling like I should have put makeup on for this one right now. You know what? I know. I know. The one I show up in without makeup is Nicole. By, okay. by the way, side note, Fleece is actually sitting in her car. Um, 
in Pacifica at a soccer game. So yeah. just side note, side note. Um, I want to know without makeup, without without makeup on. She just, yeah, she just, she's here. That's all that matters. I want to know about. Um, do you ever have to tell people like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that to your face. Like this is not going to be a good. <laughs> this is not going to be a good look. <laughs> this is not. Yeah. This is, yeah. I mean, I definitely have had to tell people that. I mean, I really think that in the market, the Marin market is different enough that we don't have as many people who have kind of that dysmorphia of the face. I think that they get in other parts of the country where everybody's doing everything and they never feel like they can keep up and that they're beautiful enough, you know? And so I haven't had a whole lot of, a lot of opportunities when that has happened to have to educate somebody, but definitely more for, for safety risk is one of the things that you have to think about when you're injecting people with fillers and there's parts of the face that you have to be much more careful because of, you know, arterial, uh, you know, different issues with potentially injecting into an area of danger. So when people come in and they want, you know, oh, I hate these lines right here. Can't we just fill everything here? Instead of using Botox between the eyebrows, they want me to use filler. And you can, very, very carefully put some filler there, but it's really not the thing that we should be doing there because there are large arteries that live there that could cause some serious complications. So sometimes, or people overfill their lips, for example. And I do have people who get addicted to wanting their lips to be big. And if you just keep adding lip filler every three months, eventually it's going to be too tight in the lip and it can cause occlusion yeah. of vessels in your lips too. And so, you know, for me, a lot of it, I mean, in Marin, in our population, <clears throat> it's more about educating people about what's safe than saying, no, I'm not going to do that because it's going to look terrible. But I, you know, that happens too, but not very often. You had said something about how <laughs> women feel like they're not beautiful enough. And that is mm -hmm. such an interesting statement and a frightening one at the same time. And, and why is our yeah. culture feeding that fuel? Because I mean, you look at these celebrities and you look at Instagram filters. I mean, the filters that are on photographs and, you know, the touching up of, of people and they don't even look like themselves, you know, when, when an editor's done with them. I mean, it's just, it's this horrible perception. And I mean, even women in our forties and fifties, it's like, God, I mean, it, it really is a hard pill to swallow. Um, and, and what's even scarier is like, where did this concept come from? Cause it wasn't always like this. Right. I don't remember it always being yeah. like this. Yeah. I think no, you're right. And where did their confidence go? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it is because we see so much more now, especially the young people. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, with this generation, like the 20 something generation. I mean, I definitely have 30 year olds who come even late twenties because they want to prevent lines and, you know, and that is a different use of the product than trying to reverse something that's happened over time. Is there an age limit for patients that you will see for this? I mean, you have to like be over 18. Morally? You have to be 18. over 18. Um, some parents, I mean, I've had a few times in my career, parents, a mom will bring in a, a, somebody under 18. Oh my and, gosh. And, you know, I mean, that's like not, I don't think that's a good no, and it, I mean, so like, how do you handle that? What are you teaching your girls? Like, uh, yeah. you know, like yeah. at least 
get a little older and, and get a little get a little wrinkle, kiddo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's lips. I think because a lot of young young girls want to experiment with lip filler because that's just like playing with permanent makeup almost. You know, it's like kind of fun. Like they buy the lip plumper lipstick. Why can't they just put some filler in their lips? And you know, it doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. So, you know, and I, and what I try to do is I, you know, I, I try to find something beautiful about every woman who's sitting in my chair, you know, it's like, and you certainly don't point out something that you see that they haven't brought to you, you know, <laughs> and I mean, and, you know, and I've had stories of people who come to me and who saw some plastic surgeon or, or somebody and they come to me and they said, oh my gosh, I saw so-and-so and I didn't even ask about my nose. And he said, oh, we can fix your nose or we can do this, that, and the other. And you're like, like I, that's oh not God. what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> now I have a yeah. complex about that part too. Yeah, that's fantastic. Exactly, exactly. So you do have to be careful, you know, but what I, what I found over the years and I just love is that I see so many different faces and I see, well, not under masks. I mean, it's really weird this last year, but I mean, I typically have them take off their mask at some point so I can see their face, especially if we're working on, obviously if we work on lower face, but, but I've seen so many different faces and shapes of faces and, and it's just, it's just fascinating to me how, how different, different everybody's faces are and how you can find something, you know, some, everybody has something beautiful that in their face, they don't need to change, you know? And so I'll, I, and I feel like for me that what I, what I value the most is when my patients tell me that they trust me and that they know I'm not trying to you know, sell them something they don't need or pushing more than what they need or what they're comfortable with. And, and that's really important to me. I think it is the rare woman that can focus on the part of her face that's beautiful yeah. and find that and not focus on the part, whatever it is that she deems as broken or needs yeah. fixing or like, I, I don't, I, I honestly don't know a lot of women, sadly, that could focus or, or just say right off the top of the head, top of their head, this is, this is what I like about me relative to their face or, or their body or whatever it is. I think we get yeah. so hyper-focused on what's wrong that we don't even see what's right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I mean, this is kind of a weird thing, but, um, you know, I used to do a lot of laser hair removal on people at Laser Center of Marin. And and one of the really interesting things that I noticed is that every woman, when she's laying down on the table and you're doing laser hair removal on her, her body looks great. <laughs> I mean, no matter what she looked like when she was standing up or how she feels about herself, it's like, and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, this is what a man sees, a man who loves you. They see you laying in their bed, looking beautiful. And all we can do is criticize ourselves. It's very, about, it's, it's a frightening situation. Um, yeah. And that's definitely, I think, something that society's created for us women to focus on the not good. Um, and it's, you know, I don't know, it's, it's hard. And I'm a mother of two young girls. And so it's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's a huge responsibility to be able to, you know, teach them to be okay with their bodies and the way they look, even at, you know, yeah. ages eight and 10. 
when mom, yeah. when mom's guilty, yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'll be in the bathroom, like brushing my teeth and be like, God, I got to really, I got to stop eating or, or work <laughs> on that a little harder. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, we're all guilty of it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Hard. yeah. I think that's really an important part to, to focus on, you know, the beautiful parts. I really like that you acknowledge their beauty laying on the table or when they're sitting in your chair, you're looking at the beautiful parts and then trying to enhance those Mm -hmm. by maybe correcting some other things that will enhance the good parts. I mean, really getting women to focus on those beautiful things about each individual, I think is really inspiring. That's the thing Mm -hmm. that I'm like, wow, that that's a good thing. I try to do that with women's hair all the time. And like, well, we could add volume or length or do something with color that's going to make them feel and look their best and and bring out the best in, in those people. So I really love that part. Um, that you yeah. just said. I'm so just going to spend my life laying down from now on. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. It's a fair. All Zoom, call, all Zoom calls will now be taken from a prone position. Yeah. Every- <laughs> I mean, maybe gravity can be our friend if we're laying in the right position, right? We just have to make sure the gravity works for us. <laughs> so here's a question that we were talking about before um, you got on the call, Nicole, and it's that we've been a year of pandemic, right? Now we're going back into like this quote unquote, like re-entry. And what does the woman that you're going to re-enter this new world like look like? And what do we all look like? Because uh, I was feeling this morning completely friggin' overwhelmed with the fact that like not having anything to do, then kind of doing like what I wanted to do. And now I have like a full schedule of like a bunch of shit that maybe I don't want to be doing again. Um, and what does that, what does that look like for us as, as women? And you know, we're not the only ones. So Nicole, what's it look like for you? As she sighs. I mean, <laughs> I guess, I mean, as far as business is concerned, I certainly hope that we all get busier, you know, and, and, you know, I think human nature will, will sort of, we'll all sort of enjoy wearing our nice clothes again over time. And we'll all want to look our best again over time. And all these things will happen again over time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to hope that, that we can, I don't know, that maybe we can slow down a little bit and maybe we can kind of reevaluate how fast we need to get through something and how, you know, and take more time to connect with people than we did before. And, you know, for quantity. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I'm fortunate because my husband has a job and he works and he has a good income. And for me, I have, I, I can make good money at what I do, but I don't have to work like, a, I don't have to have 10 people, you know, a day for me to make a good living. <clears throat> Whereas when I was working in these clinics before, you know, when they have front desk people, they have other nurses who maybe aren't as busy. They have big machines they're trying to pay off. They have all this stuff. Like they have to get people in the door. It's like, boom, boom, boom. You know, every. 15 minutes, every half an hour, you need to see somebody. And, and I don't want to work like that anymore, you know? And that's one of the reasons why I started this company, this business myself, because I wanted to be more in control of, 
of the patient experience from start to finish, you know, I don't want, I want to be able to decide if I want to take an hour with somebody, I can block out an hour, even if I'm only doing Botox on them, you know, whereas they would never give me an hour for Botox because I know some of my patients are much more sensitive to pain or, you know, I just want to catch up and see what's going on in their lives or educate them on something else. So anyway, I think that that's what I feel is nice about this experience has been kind of the slowing down. I think it's amazing. Felice, what about you? What's your reentry going to look like? Well, currently it looks like recording a podcast while sitting in my car at a soccer field <laughs> Pacifica um, with no makeup on. So, I, you know, it's so start. far it's not going well. It's a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it? I, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it feels a little bit already like be careful what you wish for because, you know, we we so want, want everything back. We want life back to normal of whatever that looks like. But, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I feel like it could just get back to the way it was so quickly that we, we lose the opportunity to change the way we do things and the way we approach things as a result of what we've had to deal with for the last year. Good. It's good. And Jen, why don't you close us out with what your re-entry is going to look like? Man, very similar to Nicole's. I mean, gosh, we hope we get busy again. But at the same time, I am um, very certain that I want the quality and the time with my clients that I've had um, working with them recently because I've been able to spend more time with people and I think they value that and I like the slower pace so I am going to I've told my husband this before that I'm calling it island time I'm going to work on island time and we're going to go slow and if it takes me extra time and I'm not making as much money that's okay because it's the experience and the connection with people that I appreciate so much so Anyway, we all have a fantastic uh, outlook for reopening and getting back in the swing of things. Um, we are super excited here at Inspired to have welcomed Nicole Mott from Dermapure Aesthetics uh, to join us. So thank you, Nicole, for, for being a guest here on our podcast. Um, we hope that everyone found this inspiring and uh, we challenge you all to go out and be inspired.